What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Mad Talk Sports, episode number 10, big milestone this week. Uh, my name is Drake. And this is Joe. Welcome in to episode 10. Drake already hit it. Big milestone and first of many. Yes, sir. Um, we got a good episode, I think, this week for us. Um, got some nice drafts. What else do we got for him, Joe? Well, now that the dust has settled even more so on the, the NFL, we're going to focus in more on the, the NBA today. We've got a couple topics there. We've got a top five list. Those are always fun. We've got a little NFL with talking about the uh, the franchise tag, but then we're going to end with a, a couple of different games, the return of the draft, and then a couple new ones as well. So we got a lot, and you're right. This is going to be a fun one. All right. So what should we talk about first? A little bit of NBA action? Yes, sir. NBA is about to be, you know, taking focus for us now that we're past All-Star weekend and games are resuming resuming tonight, I believe, is the the first real action for at least, you know, teams that matter and whatnot. So we gotta we gotta start with the NBA. So since we're past trade deadline, all-star break, whatever, and we're in the final playoff push, like you said, the the teams that matter. Um what do you who do you who are the favorites right now for each conference that that you think uh moving forward and what what's coming up most important who are the teams to beat everything like that yeah so to start unpacking there i think for you know obviously now that the dust is settled with the trade deadline teams are who they are now so now they've got about 25 games to really you know figure that out and hone in and and make a stretch run here so starting with the Eastern Conference, when it comes to favorites, you're probably going to be surprised. But I think the betting favorite or just the favorite on paper should be the the Boston Celtics. You know, they're very deep. They didn't make a ton of changes here during the season. So they've got continuity going. Obviously, last year they won the Eastern Conference as well. So I, I have to give them the nod when it comes to the favorite. Of course, I'm still rocking my pick for the Milwaukee Bucks for obvious reasons as far as one being a fanboy, uh, two being uh, that Giannis is the best player on the planet. So I got to give the nod to the Celtics just because they are, they are so deep. They're very well-rounded and they can, they can be a very scary team. Yeah. Um, Eastern conference. I, like you said, Celtics are definitely like that team. They're the team to beat. They're definitely the favorite in the East. And I I do got to give my, I'm going to give my respect to the Bucks. The only thing that doesn't put me over there is Middleton just hasn't been reliable this year. And what 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 have you always said? If Middleton doesn't get hurt, we win that series. So that's a that's a big piece and if he can get cuz he's been dealing with the injury bug, he's been inconsistent in the playoffs if he can get that together, the Bucks are definitely not going to play around with the Celtics. And like you said, the Celtics were there last year, couldn't get it done. I think they're going to go back because they're just, like you said, they're very powerful. They're complete. They're good offensively. They're good defensively. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are insane talents. Marcus Smart's not bad. You know, so it's – it's a it's Eastern Conference – they say is is weak, but can't sleep on the Celtics or the Bucks. You said the you said the Eastern Conference is weak. 
that's what it is. Everybody left the East to go play in the West. I think the only big change is that the, you know, the Nets are no longer there, but I still <laughs> yeah. think there's, you know, four really good teams. Obviously we already talked about Buck Celtics, but the Sixers, I mean, and yep. beads a monster Harden's still there and they got a, oh man, what's his face. I always forget his name, Maxie. you know? Yeah. yeah. Maxie. I like Maxie and they still got Tobias Harris. So like they're a contender too. And then even the Cavaliers because Donovan Mitchell is, He's a monster, and they've and got a Jared bunch Allen. of nice young pieces. So I think all four of those teams are, are really strong. And I, I always say it, but can't count out the Heat, man. I mean, you know I love Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. It's, you, you can't count them out. It, it's crazy. Like the, Even the Knicks are playing good-ish, not like to be in that top of the favorites, but the East isn't as weak as, as people make it seem. Like they're – the insanely amount of like weaker conference, but it's just, it's the narrative, I guess. It's always has been that the East is weak. Yeah. But I think that's really going to start to change because, you know, all four of those teams too are really built to, to last over time too. Like, you know, you think obviously the Celtics have a young core, obviously the Bucks have the best player in the league. Joel Embiid's not going anywhere. Cavs have a real nice young core. Who knows with the Knicks? Like, I guess, you know, they're always in the running for getting a player. And the Heat might go somewhere. Like, they might fall off eventually here. But you you never know with that franchise. They're just, you know, steady as she goes for, for the Heat. Yeah. So, how about the quote? Don't – not coming from me, but the, the overpowered Western Conference. There's a lot going on over there. And – it's kind of a toss-up. Everything kind of flips since we talked to NBA our first episode on XP was a guest. Yeah, the the West, like, their top teams aren't as good as the East teams, but they've got – they're just a lot thicker. You know, like, one through one through ten, really, are all solid teams, and then the teams just out of that are, like, the Trailblazers and the Lakers who, you know, obviously we talk bad about the Lakers and whatnot, and the Trailblazers are underwhelming, but they each have – generational talents with LeBron and Damian Lillard. So that conference is definitely thicker, especially right in the middle. And I'd say as far as favorites, I have to go with the Suns because, you know, again, like we kind of talked about last week, like they obviously added a generational talent, one of the best players in the world, Kevin Durant, to a team that already had a nice core. And if they can stay healthy, that team is the favorite. Now, that's a big if for the health thing. I gotta be, I gotta be fair. Cause I always say that about other teams too, but at least on paper, I think they have to be the favorite in my, my runner up would probably be the nuggets who my original pick was to, to win the West. So I've got it flipped there. I think that it's very tough for me to even decide the nuggets are very complete this year. Aaron Gordon's having a, a good year and that's great for a number three. He's been dealing with the injury bug too, but they're very complete. They're very good. And I just, we just don't know what that Suns team is going to look like, especially like you said, battling injuries. Are those four big name players, big stars going to, going to work together? You know, I, I always say that when there's a trade, even when Kyrie went to the Mavs, like my first thing was, are those two ball players going to work together? And, it's looking good. That's a that was my pick originally when we when we first 
aired about the NBA, and I'm not – I can't go back on it because they're still good. I just – they don't have the firepower that the likes of the Suns or the Grizzlies or the Nuggets have. Like, can't even forget about the Grizzlies. They're they're stuck in the two seed. They're playing really good basketball. John Moran's playing really good basketball. And, I mean, even the Kings are up there. Like, yeah, the Aaron Fox is playing good. The Clippers just got Russell Westbrook. Like, you know, it's it's very competitive. The Lakers are still playing meaningful basketball games that could still get them into the seventh seed. Right. So favorites, I got I got to go with the Nuggets. They're the one seed. They're very complete to me. But when you look at like an actual roster favorite, it's got to be the Suns because they have KD. They have. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. But is that going to mesh well? Are they going to stay healthy? You know, Devin Booker missed a lot of time this year. KD's missed a lot of time this year. Chris Paul's missed some time. DeAndre Ayton doesn't want to be there. So it's very iffy there. So that's where I sit there. Yeah, and that's fair. And I think the health, again, the health side of things is obviously it just that's it's just a huge factor. Like you mentioned it with those those players being unreliable, but as far as play style, I have no concerns. Kevin Durant is one of the most transferable players as far as into different teams that we've really ever seen. Like he can you can just drop him in anywhere and he'll be an automatic bucket because he's not ball dominant. He can, you know, he can score in so many different ways without even dominating the game as far as like, you know, having the ball in his hands all times like a James Harden type or even like a Luka type. So I don't have any concerns on that, but the health is definitely a big thing and that's a big thing for some of these other teams too, like the Clippers. Like obviously if, if Kawhi was a hundred percent, they might be my favorite, not because of the Russell Westbrook move or anything like that, but just because, you know, he's that type of guy, Paul George, Ty Lue is a very excellent coach, but the same goes for the Pelicans. If Zion could just play, they could be a scary team. So that's one of the big things about the West is that, even though the Suns made the big move and they're the best team on paper, and then the Nuggets look like this regular season juggernaut, it's still so up in the air because who knows? Maybe even the Warriors turn it back around. Now, I've been off them for a while, but you really you really never know when it comes to someone like a Steph Curry. So the West will be really fun to play out, especially in the playoffs, even or, or especially so if the Lakers sneak in, like you said, because, you know, they make a team like the Grizzlies or the Nuggets nervous if they played in the first round. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. I mean, the Cl- like the Clippers are – they're sitting on a four seed and Kawhi's been iffy. So, adding Russell Westbrook, Kawhi hopefully stopping the load management or whatever injury he's battling now, um, they're, they're probably – the best one of the best teams in the west like suns clippers nuggets probably in that order and it's like the pelicans like you said it's just that's a very young very good team and zion is is dominant he just cannot play more than what 30 40 games and you, you can't make a run like that no, it's it it's it's sad. It is what it is that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Like, I guess we'll see how that uh, how that really trend how that changes over time. But you know, that's that's another story for another day. But while we've you know we both just kind of talked about the Nuggets, like you're, uh, it sounds like that's your you said that's your favorite in yeah. the the West, and 
to me, they're I probably put them at my second favorite, even though they are my pick, and I'm you know I'm still going to stick with that pick until it you know plays out otherwise. But speaking of them, like we got to talk about their captain, you know, really the one who drives that ship, and that's that's Jokic, that's the Joker, and reason being is that he seems to be on pace for his third straight MVP, which is, you know, obviously historic that he's already done back to back. And if he did three straight, like that's, you know, that's joining the likes of Larry bird. Like when you do something like that, but he doesn't have the playoff success. So that has really brought up the question. Does he deserve to win a third straight MVP and be in that, that hallowed list of people that have done it? Um, it's, it's deserved. Yes. Jokic is the reason that the Nuggets are a one seed, two seed, like every year consistently. And Giannis is up there. So it's, I think top three right now is, is Jokic, Giannis, and, and JT, or is Embiid yeah. back up there? Embiid's knocking on the door, but I think JT gets the the like the edge right yeah. now as far as like those standings. Yeah, I mean, I mean record wise and everything like that too. So it's the MVP race is tight and it's tough. I would give it to Giannis personally over that. Um, without his 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 Robin, without Chris Middleton playing like Chris Middleton this year, and they're still the two seed. That's crazy. Giannis is the best player in the league and. I would give it to Giannis, but I would not be upset if Jokic won it a third time. Like his, it's just he's insanely weirdly good. And if Joel Embiid won it, I wouldn't be mad. If JT, any of the to those top fours won it, I I wouldn't be mad. It's tough, I guess. For me, I'm just kind of seeing where the cookie crumbles and where the records stand and and how the season ends right now, it's very tough for me to tell, but all four of those guys are really deserving. I would give the nod to Giannis, but like I said, I wouldn't be mad for Jokic to win a third. So my problem with the Jokic thing, as far as him being the one seed and getting credit for that is like, what about last year? He was the, what, the sixth seed and he got it. And I, I, I feel like that's just a inconsistency. Like I, Last year, I thought it should have been Embiid. I think you were on that same train as me. Yeah. And obviously, you can't just punish someone because they, you know, they won one when you felt like they shouldn't. But I feel like it does matter to some degree that, you know, this is such a rare feat. And if it, you can't just necessarily give it to someone who's just had playoff flameouts. And, you know, I know it's a regular season award, but the, the league did this to Giannis, you know, after he won back to back. But then in the, the bubble year, he lost to the Heat in the second round. The next year, he had an even better year, but he was disqualified. It was just like, you're not allowed to win it until you do something in the playoffs. And I feel like for Jokic now, the rules are changing. It seems like for for Jokic, it's it's that he's got all those you know advanced analytics numbers, and people seem to love that. And I, I mean, he's a great player, great player. Don't want to take anything away from him there, but I've I've also got to go with Giannis. Now, if Giannis misses time with the the wrist sprain, like you know, more than a game or two, if he misses like you know three plus games, then yeah, that that changes things, and then it's Jokic versus the field, and I don't know if anyone else can catch him, but I don't know. I I can't give it to Jokic right now. It's I, it's a tough thing for me to swallow, which you know I feel bad holding you know the past against him in that way, but it's it I I can't get over it. Plus the Nuggets, like. You know, yeah, they have the third best record in the league, but when they're not playing in Denver, they're 500. Like, obviously, your road record is always worse than your home record, but that's a it's a huge difference. They're 27 and four at home, and then 14 and 14 on the road. And we all know 
playing in Denver, playing in the altitude is an advantage, whether it's basketball, whether it's football or baseball. So those different factors, plus his team is all healthy now. Like you think of, uh, you think of Murray Porter, Jr. Gordon, whoever else they got beyond that there, they've had the whole squad. And like you said, Giannis been doing it largely without Middleton and having the second best record in the league, being on a 12 game win streak. Like I feel like he has to have the nod, at least as the things currently stand. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm definitely giving it to Giannis. If but what what you said, it is a regular season award, and that's just how I view it. I view it as as all regular season. I don't even think about playoffs with that. And I like you, what you were saying. Joel Embiid should have won it last year, and I will stand by that no matter what. And it's to see him like get the hate that he does for I don't even know why I don't even know what the reason is to be honest his personality or how tough of a player he is or whatever it may be Joel like he's he's having another great season and that's he's one that does it consistently so I would I'm giving it to Giannis. That's who my pick, MVP pick is. But it's now it's a regular season award, and I think we'll see that. Give it a three-peat, you know, foreign big man. Why not? But Giannis is 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 there, and that's that's an MV, MV, uh, that's an award that that deserves to go to him. Well, I think one thing that's going to happen regardless is I think we're about to have our fifth straight season of a foreign-born player winning the MVP, which is, you know, that's that's kind of an insane streak in and of itself, even if it's only two guys contributing to that between Giannis and Jokic. Like, that's that's super impressive. And then next year will be Luka. And then maybe Joel Embiid is foreign. He'll, you right. Know, so, it's yeah, it's it's crazy, but... These foreign players are in the league balling, so. Right, and that kind of, you know, uh, in a way, this might be a little bit of a stretch for me to relate this to something else, but, you know, one of the things we see in the NBA today and just even in our society in general is just generally load management. But as it pertains to the NBA, you know, Anthony Edwards, he spoke out about it, and, you know, he talked about how, he wants to play every game, especially due to fans who might be there just to see him. And, you know, he wants to live up to that. And obviously load management is a problem in the NBA. You think of Kawhi Leonard, he's like the the poster child for load management, but LeBron doesn't play back-to-backs. He's been doing load management for a number of years. Uh, you think of really any star you want to name. They they sit out games, even Giannis, who I love. I think the Bucks are the ones who have him do that, but it's still a thing. Do you feel like this is a problem in the NBA as far as load management? A hundred percent. I agree with everything Anthony Edwards said. You know, you have you're 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 playing for you know wins in your team and everything, but you're playing for the fans, really. And right, like I'm sorry, but the fans are the ones that pay your salary. Like, yep, really. 100%. So when you know, you got hardworking people out there who are spending like money. Like they don't obviously, the fans don't make as much money as the players. So, a uh, hundred and twenty dollar ticket could be a lot for somebody to just come see LeBron James. Like, 
one of the greatest players that these kids and us and someone of that generation has seen or like a Kawhi that's someone's favorite player a Giannis that's your favorite player like how would you feel if you know you have been planning to go to a game on July 22nd and it's seven months away and then you get there and Giannis is sitting out like that's just that's not cool especially for when the fans are a the biggest part of the NBA and it, it is a problem for sure, but I just, there's just these days, it's such a thing that there's just no stopping it. So you, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's a problem. There's no way around it because it's, it's widespread. And for where it started, you kind of even have to point to the Spurs. Like Greg Greg Popovich was really kind of the one who who birthed it as far as load management in the NBA, just having guys rest out. LeBron kind of started to do it afterwards, and then it became just really widespread from there. It's where it is today, to where it's it's out of control. In all honesty, like these are you know they're obviously athletes making more money than that they, they've ever made before. Like not just them as individuals, but just athletes in general, and it's. You know, how are you going to get $50 million a year and not be able to play basketball for 82 days or not even asking for all 82, but like, you know, 70 plus seems to be more rare and rare these days. That's that wasn't the case. You flash back even as recently as like, you know, 10 years ago or so. And it's it's a problem because, you know, the NBA has done what they can to you know minimize the back to back games and kind of make travel more efficient. And it hasn't done anything to load management, which is. Like you said, it's just it's a slap in the face to the fans, the ones paying the bills. And in a lot of ways, it's on it's on the fans. It's on the media as far as, you know, discounting the regular season. You know, I just kind of I kind of did that to some degree when I just talked about Jokic. And that's it's something that has happened a lot. It's like, you know, we don't really care what you do in the regular season anymore. It's all about the playoffs. It's about the the destination. It's not about the journey. So it is kind of something that we all play a part in as far as how this problem came to be, but it is great to see people like Anthony Edwards speak out about it and actually have pride in it. You know, like actually being out there for the fans, the ones that pay the bills. That's very reminiscent of the late great Kobe Bryant said something very similar about a decade ago. At the end of the day, you you got to go out there and ball. And I think in, in, in many ways that also just boils down to competitive spirit. Like, you know, you, you love what you do. You get paid a lot of money to do what you do. Go out and do it. As far as the NBA fixing it, I honestly don't know. Like there was, who said it the other day that you have to play, DeMar. you know, 80 games to, to win MVP. DeMar, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan. Yeah. See, I don't know of that extreme, but maybe that's, maybe it's a thing for like all-stars. Like for you to make the all-star game, you have to play 90% of your games up to that point to, to win big big league awards you have to also play 90 percent of your games maybe something like that will motivate people to play when they're when they're fine but they're just resting but i don't know there's no easy fix obviously adam silver gets paid to fix these sort of things and handle these sort of issues but i don't even know if he truly believes that it's an actual issue i think he recently talked about how ratings are still good and that's that's not a good attitude that is that doesn't make me very hopeful for this being fixed. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's such a thing these days. Like, it's known that it happens. It's these players. I feel like some of them even like take pride in the fact that they're load managing. Like they're not playing every game, and 
that's the narrative of that is just not good. And Dem- what Demar said was something like that sh- should be in place. Um, just make him play X amount of games to be eligible for MVP or All Star, like you said. And I think that's all you really can do. I mean, you can find p- players, but that's not really going to work, you know. Right. A player making fifty million gets fined fifteen thousand for sitting a day, and who cares about that, right? But yep. Respect to Anthony Edwards. You know, I've been, I've always been Anthony Edwards guy, and just seeing that, like, just makes my respect level for him go so much higher because like you said, he wants to be out there for the fans. He's playing the game, competitive nature, like, like all that, that I hate to say it, but guys like Kawhi Leonard just don't seem to have. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's fair. And, you know, obviously everyone knows their, their body better than anybody else, but it's, it doesn't even always seem injury related anymore. So that's, that's really where, where the problem comes in there. But Uh, let's talk about someone who is the opposite of load management. And that would be Russell Westbrook, who plays with more energy and passion than maybe anyone in the league. Big news for him is that he, you know, he was waived after the trade and he signed with the Clippers. Does this move matter? Do do you think this move uh, moves the needle for the Clippers or Russell Westbrook and his legacy even? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I'm a Russell Westbrook guy. Like, let's not forget about who Russell Westbrook is, right? Like, I mean, he was brought into the Lakers as a third option. And then, you know, LeBron played 42 games and AD played 50. Like, he's not – like, when he plays with stars, like you think of KD, James Harden, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, um, and then LeBron and 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 AD – like those stars play really well, you know. KD has an MVP with with Russ. Russ has his own MVP. Paul George had a great season his with best. him, his best season with him. And you know, I think James Harden had one of his best seasons with him. It wasn't the MVP season like he had with with Chris Paul obviously, but it was a great season regardless. And Russell gets this narrative of being like some horrible player. He 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 gets a lot of turnovers. Yeah, but he's a he's a team guy. He's he's there for his team. He's really high energy. He plays hard. He plays fast. He plays with heart. He plays competitive. And he's still like a really good player, one of the best players we we still have seen. And like I just I don't like that narrative that he got with the Lakers and I really think going to the Clippers and seeing him be happy. I don't know if you've seen those videos of him on Sports Center at the Clippers practice, just being there, smiling, having having a good time, the guys wanting him there. Like you just don't see that really in the Lakers locker room. And I think Patrick Beverly even said that. Like sometimes the Lakers locker room isn't about basketball, you know, and does that kind of lie on LeBron these days now that he's nearing the end of his career and probably but I think it's it's a good move for for Russell, and I think he definitely helps the Clippers out. Like you can't get that kind of player and then drop, you know. Like you can if if the other players aren't going to play. Like I said, LeBron played forty two, like that's one of the best players in the league, and you play forty two games and you bring in this third option who's supposed to be a third option, and now he's the one option, and 
Russell put up triple double numbers as a as a one option, but obviously they weren't good. Like they weren't one of the best teams in the league when Russell was doing that. But like I said, I think it's good for both ends. I'm not like you know, massive Russell Westbrook guy, but I'm not ready to put him as a top five player in the league, but it's just something I can't I can't forget with him. Right. I mean, at, at his peak, obviously he was, you know, he won the MVP. He was one of the best players in the league. He was one of the ultimate floor raisers as far as your team was automatically going to be at least pretty good because of everything that he can do because of, you know, how he affects the game, not just from scoring, but passing and rebounding as well. And just being an animal out there. And that's, that's what I've always loved about Brody is the passion and energy that he plays with. I really appreciate that. His play style has not always been my favorite. Like, you know, I was pretty early on on the train when he was partnered with KD still thinking that, you know, Russ was too ball dominant, that it was kind of hurting KD a little bit. But I, I think it went too far with the with the Lakers as far as him being the scapegoat. I think you hit it exactly right. Like the Lakers have their own problems and they laid them at the foot of, or the feet of Russell Westbrook. And that really wasn't fair. So I'm glad that he's happy to be with the Clippers. Does this make the Clippers the favorite? No. Does this make them a better team? Yeah. You you add a Hall of Fame level talent, like regardless of what stage they're at in their career, that's that's going to help. Whether it's just morale, whether Russell Westbrook's coming off the bench and just owning the second team and just playing free like that, I think it could move uh, the needle for for what the Clippers do. Obviously, they got rid of you know John Wall to to bring in Russell Westbrook as well. So I think they have plans for him. And I think that's why he's excited to be there is because he knows why he's there. He's not, you know, he's not going to have to guess what his role is. So it, again, does it make them title favorites? God, no. But does it help them as a team, especially with the uncertainty around Kawhi? Absolutely. I I 100% agree. And Paul George said, like, if there's one player besides himself that he wants to see win a championship, it's Russell Westbrook. So, you know, they have a good relationship and you know like we touched on Paul George had his best year playing with Russell Westbrook so i'm excited to see that and if Kawhi can play the certainty alone of Russell Westbrook coming in and does that make them a championship contender no like you said but if Kawhi can play figure his stuff out Russell Westbrook and and Paul George play like they play. Like you said, if Russell can come off the, the bench and lead the second team, like when he started doing that for the Lakers, it was he was a whole new player for them. So we'll see where the Clippers lie, but I'm very happy with with that with that signing that move. And I know he's happy too because he didn't have to sell his house or move or anything. So. <laughs> Yeah, he gets to stay home because that was one of the big things about him going to L.A. is that he was back home. So, you know, good for Russ that he was able to land, you know, at home and not have to uproot his life and everything for, you know, this was what his sixth team in five years. So so good for him that he was able to get some stability right away. So we talked a little bit. Well, I kind of talked a little bit about LeBron, right? Um LeBron's issues that maybe he has, or maybe not, but regardless, he was booed at the at the Super Bowl. We didn't really talk about it last week, but he he was he was booed at the Super Bowl, and I just what's this? Why is there? Why does LeBron get so much hate? 
It's a fair question. And, you know, for, for some time, I was one of the culprits of that. I was kind of one of the people leading that charge. But uh, obviously, I've come to very much appreciate LeBron as a player and as a person. And just to kind of set the stage, like LeBron has been, you know, he's just been a model citizen off the court as far as he's never in trouble. He's got a, a beautiful and wonderful family. It seems like his kids are very, you know, very sharp. They're not troublemakers either. And, you know, obviously LeBron does a lot of good in the community as well. He's got a and on the court. Right. You know, the I promise school, like obviously he's done a lot of good stuff. And on the court, obviously you can't really talk, you know, bad about that as he's, you know, four-time champion, what, five MVPs, you know, a couple all defensive teams, so on and so forth. But, you know, my, what I think as far as like why people hate LeBron one, it's like the, it's like the, you know, the belovedness of Michael Jordan makes people a little bit more envious of him or even, you know, Kobe Bryant fans. I think that plays into it a little bit too, but I think what it really boils down to is LeBron does have a tendency to be, to be boastful when it comes to like, uh, you think back to when he signed with the heat and he was like, you know, not two, not three, not four, not, you know, not six, not seven. And People didn't like that, especially because, you know, obviously they, you know, they got two, which is still good, still good, but still like things like that. Or when the Cavaliers won in 2016 and he, you know, he said, that's what made me the goat. Like, I think people seem to not like that when it comes from LeBron, like they didn't mind it from Jordan, I guess. But when it comes from LeBron, they, it seems like people don't like that. So I think it's kind of those different factors, like how he does carry himself on the court. I think people don't love and then, you know, some of the s- stuff that he said, but really like the, uh, you know, hanging on to the past is probably a big part of it, too. At least that's how I see it. And I'm with you 100 percent. I think majority of it probably comes from the comparison to Jordan. And I'm just not sure why no one just wants to appreciate them both as great players. It It's so... The league is so different. LeBron's played through different eras, and they're both great. They both changed the game. They both had big impacts on the court, off the court, everything like that. So I think it's it's also like that move to Miami has still stuck, and there's still this narrative that LeBron created super teams. And I think they just hate him because he lived up to everything that they that was said he was going to be coming into the league still in high school and as much as I hate to say it but people don't like to see that type of success especially from someone coming from LeBron's you know background you know he he struggled and he didn't have it all and he, he came up and he lived up to all the hype everything that that was said when he was coming into high school and and people just don't like that so I see why he's He's boastful and he's confident and like the man has 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 came from he came from nothing, you know, single single mother household, everything like that. And look where he is now, one of the greatest players to ever play the game of basketball. And like he's confident, but even KD said, you know, he's one of the best players to ever play the game of basketball. And there was no hate there. No hate for comments for KD. But there's there was hate comments when he went to to Golden State. So how come that hasn't translated to now he's he's going to the Nets and teaming up with two quote 
different big threes there, and now he's he's on the Suns. But like, there's no hate towards KD, but he says the same thing. So like, it's just it's a little weird to me. I think it it kind of mainly relies or lays on the fact that it's LeBron or Jordan and the old heads that era they don't like it. Yeah, I think you kind of, you know, built on really all the same thoughts that I had and I think one thing that's important to touch on that you mentioned is that, you know, he lived up to the hype and that you know that he did it more so than really anyone that I can remember and people love to build you up and tear you down. Like that's, you know, that's one of the problems with our our society in general is you love the the process of someone rising to the top, but then you want to tear them down from there. Like whether it be a LeBron, a, a Tiger Woods, whoever, like that's just kind of the way that it goes. And maybe it's LeBron's active voice on the politics side of things really, you know, adds to some of the hate that he gets. But, you know, at the end of the day, I agree, you know, you got to try your best to appreciate, you know, the, these different players for, for who they are, for what they've done both on and off the court. So I, I think we're on the same page. And that's, yeah, that it's, I wish there was just appreciation because we're coming to the end of the end of that career. And that's, you know, it's just going to be tough to, to end that. Cause that's been, literally um, the entirety of you know mine and yours basketball life is 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 lebron james right so agreed appreciate until until it's too late and now to a more positive note let's talk about appreciating some of the players in the league today we've got a little top 5 uh top 5 list for players in the nba at this moment so Drake, uh, do you want to go kind of one by one? I was imagine we'd start at five, kind of leave some mystery there. But if you you wanted to go the other way, we can do that as well. No, we can start at five, like we did uh, for the playoffs or football. Okay. But before we do that, I want to I want to give my number six because I want to honorable mention. I want to honorable mention Jokic because <laughs> I couldn't put him in the top five for me, but he's he's honorable mention there. So I just want to I want to get that out there before we get the list going. Um, I agree. He would have been right there at six or seven for me too. It was, it was really hard doing just a top five. So I kind of wish we would have done a top 10. It would have made things easy on us. So yeah, let's, let's give that, let's give him the honorable mention. So how do you want to do it? Do you want like, do you want to do what we did for football and just like one of us say five? Okay. So at five, I have Jason Tatum. Okay. I'm not mad at that at all. It was a tough choice for for me. Number five, I went ahead and went with Steph Curry just because, you know, obviously he's the reigning champ and finals MVP and whatnot, and he's still excellent on the court. He's been banged up, so it was hard to put him any higher, and it, it was honestly tough even just to put him here, but I had to go Steph. And that's another guy that's, like, left off my list that I feel bad about, but it, like you said, it was very hard for for me to make the list because it's it's five right now you know so jason right. tatum for me has got to be he's got to be up there i agree and that kind of brings us to four where where are you going with number four very hard for me but at four i have lebron 
Whoa! Wow! I know. We got our first first big disagreement here because I, I am not going that route. It's that's fine. I I've got LeBron at four. I think I've. That's I I said it, so I'm standing on it. I got Le, LeBron at four. Right now, I mean, it's just wow. Yeah, I probably would have had him at like eight. That's dude. Man's averaging thirty. Okay. <laughs> Who's your More four? to the game. My number four, I, and you're probably going to hate it now that now that I heard your number four, but number four, I got to go KD, man. Like, even though he's been banged up, I still think when he's when he's healthy and when he's good to go, he's as lethal a sniper as there is in the entire league, and I think that matters, and I think we'll actually see that down the stretch run here. I don't know why you think that would make me upset because I got KD at three. Well, we're going to – you're going to have someone – off your list that's in mine though so i kind of figured it was kd but you got kd <laughs> even a little more respect than me yeah okay i mean he he's still like you said a, a bucket he's adjustable plays however he needs to and you know that he was half an inch away from sending the bucks home so man is still a bucket whenever you need him to be yeah i agree you'll have no argument from me and honestly i was it wasn't until I made this list that I realized I no longer had him at, cause I, I mean, I'd had him at number two for a long time, but then in my head, I was thinking I had him at three, but then when I really thought about it, I had to go with, you know, who should be the reigning MVP and that's Joel Embiid. I think he has surpassed Kevin Durant now. I agree because I have Joel Embiid as the second best player in the game, man, you must be, you're like a little, maybe one step ahead of me, but uh, this 9X person much must be who you're leaving out then because that number two, I've got Luca. Oh, my God. Yeah, you forgot, forgot about Luca. <laughs> oh, no. Your small Slovenian twin? Oh, no. How did I forget about Luca? Dude, Big I made fan. this list. I made this list all, like, I didn't look at anything. Oh man, I don't Is even have Luca in my top him? five. Yeah, hundred percent. Number two. I'm just gonna bump. I'm gonna put. Oh man. Oh no. Okay, I have Luca at number two. <laughs> Jesus, Jake. Man, I mean, so then, all right. So then, to recap, that makes your two Luca, your three Embiid, your four KD. Yeah. And then your five LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm okay. just going to drop everyone down. Jason Tatum will be – Jason Tatum is my number six honorable mention there. He's your new honorable mention. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot Luca. What a bust. Like, yeah. Jeez. Oh, All right. Um, Dude, but now that you did that and JT's off your board and I didn't have him on mine, man, we're going to catch some hate from Celtics fans. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had him on my board, but – no, you didn't. Yeah, did I have my five? <laughs> yeah, but you had five, not including someone who you eventually put in there. So you knocked yeah, him off the board. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for Luca, I got to. I got to. Hundred percent. I can't. I can't. Yeah, me either. He's like one of my favorite players in the league. I was shocked at for for a second. I was thinking, who are you leaving out, Luca or Giannis? Yeah, <laughs> Giannis. Nah, but I mean, Giannis is is number one, obviously. 100%. Number one. There's no Easily. argument. Like we could. Yeah, we could have just started at two and went down, but so man, so yeah. now we ended up with the same one through four. 
and then you had LeBron and I had Steph. Yep. Wow. All I Where did was Steph land for you. Because you so already I got Giannis, like, Giannis, Luca, and Jokic are six and seven for you. So I imagine that leaves Steph at eight. Mm-hmm. I got. I don't know. I don't know where I because I don't know if I got him at eight or not. You know. Who's ahead? To... Ja. Ja. Shay. Wow. Wow. No, I'm Steph just naming. I'm real. just. No, I love Steph. I'm just naming names. Um, I'd have to look more. I only looked really top five. Um, so I'd have to look. I'd have to actually look into a list. Like I said, this one kind of was just made up. Not really made up, but like I didn't like look at names of players. You know, I kind of it was just all in my head. So forgot Luca. That I can't. I just can't get over that part. But. Giannis, Luka, Embiid, KD, LeBron, JT, Jokic. I'd probably go Steph at eight, yeah. I might go Steph over Jokic, to be honest. (laughs) Probably Steph over Jokic. So you're ready to give Jokic a third straight MVP when you think he's the eighth best player in the league? (laughs) I mean, well, I didn't say that. I said Giannis is is the MVP. Hold on. All right. Fine. (laughs) But I just said I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be mad at I wouldn't be mad at like I wouldn't be mad at it, but like Giannis is MVP. Period. I agree. All right. Well, that's our our first sloppy top five. <laughs> yeah. That. Whew. All right. Well, that was embarrassing. <laughs> A little bit since you you forgot about your your you know small Slovenian twin. <laughs> small. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right. So now we're gonna take a little bit of a break from the NBA talk and you know talk a little NFL specifically. We're gonna talk about the franchise tag. So we've got a list of six players and we're gonna go one by one, saying if we will tag them, bag them, or let them walk. So number one on the list is very. It's gonna be different for the, the two of us, I think personally. Probably. Um, but Daniel Jones. I think you hit him with the franchise tag. Yes, but there are two types of franchise tags. There's exclusive and unexclusive. Exclusive means, you know, they're yours, they're under contract, and that's the end of it. Unexclusive means other teams can try to sign them, but if they do, you get draft compensation. So I did tag him, but I went the unexclusive route. If someone wants to take him from me and give me two first-round picks, sign me up. Fine. Yeah. That works, but I'm not, I mean, I'm not letting them just walk, but not paying them, you know? Um, I know in the beginning I said you should pay him, not a hefty amount of salary. Did you see what he was asking for? Yeah. What? 45. Yeah. I don't know if I give him 35. I don't actually, I know I want it. What I I said, I said I had thirties. I said 30. 30s um i'd probably give him i mean he's a he's a starting quarterback you know that's that alone say about 32 guys well i who's carson wentz got 40 something and that was a mistake well giants are known for mistakes they might pay him 45 but if they pay him it will undo all of their 
all of their progress that they made. It was I seen something. Uh, um, who's the who's the Giants owner? I'm blanking. I have no clue. All right. Well, I seen something and it said that Daniel Jones asked for 45, but the owner was eating pasta on the time of the call, and Daniel Jones actually asked for four two five. So that probably is like around what he's worth. Four no. to five. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I would so, I would tag him for sure. So the owner was eating pasta. I hope he realizes that Daniel Jones is an impasta. How'd you like that one? <laughs> you know how I feel about your dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel about Daniel Jones, though. Like last <laughs> season was was fine, but I thought it was all fugazi. I thought it was fool's gold. Fifteen touchdowns. Like, how are you gonna ask for forty five million? That's three million dollars per touchdown you throw per year. Like, <laughs> no chance. Yeah, not forty five. That's a lot. Um, he's serviceable though. Okay, but there's there's like twenty there's, serviceable quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, well. I think he's never mind. We'll we'll move on to the. I want to save the next one that we have on our list for last. Okay. Because that's the biggest one. Yeah, um, it is. So I kind of want to go to Saquon. Another giant. Yeah, and I think we'll probably be the same here. But I want to hear what you got for Saquon. So this one was actually hard because obviously you can only tag one person per year. So if I wasn't tagging Daniel Jones, I would tag Saquon, but. Given that now my options are limited to bag him or let him walk, I'm giving him the bag. Like he's a very good running back. I don't love paying running backs a lot of money, but if your QB's not making a lot of money, then you can get away with it. So, you know, assuming you're not bagging Daniel Jones, then sure, go ahead and bag Saquon. I think he's worth it. And I'm right there, right there with you. If if we were doing one by one, and the fact that we said you tagged Daniel Jones, like, didn't matter. And they, you know, in the circumstance that they trade him, let him walk, whatever, Saquon definitely deserves a tag because he did prove that he can be healthy this year. But, I mean, that's that could be a fluke. He could, you know, I would love to see him stay healthy. I love Saquon. But I do have here to bag him for sure. But, like I said, if... If the Daniel Jones tag him part didn't exist, like you said, tag him, but I bagged him. I bagged Saquon. Yeah, I agree, 100%. Okay, so let's get to the next big running back on the list, and that's uh, that's Josh Jacobs. This one, I honestly am not sure which way you're going to go. I Okay, it was very tough for me. So my, my choice here is let him walk. Hmm. That's just because I do, he he doesn't he doesn't want to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he he it was he proved it this year. It was a prove year for him, and he proved that he's he's a top running back in the league. And I don't think he wants to play in the black and silver. And I they seem like they're rebuilding, and I don't I don't see Josh Jacobs in that rebuilding stage skill wise. I would tag him for sure, a hundred percent. If he wanted to, if he wanted to be a Raider, and the two wanted to mesh, I would tag him a hundred percent. Like he he's proved it, but I would ship him, see what you can get for him, see what whatever, uh, see if 
where he it's wants a tag to play. And trade. Yeah. So it's just yeah, a tag and trade if that's the word. Skill wise, I would tag him, but I would let him walk just because I don't think he wants to be there and they're rebuilding, blah blah blah. But it was I I know I picked two for him. It was very hard decision for me. Obviously, like I said, skill wise, all that, tag him, but I just don't I don't I don't think he wants to be there, you know. I hear you. And I don't know if anyone wants to be with the Raiders right now. Certainly not Aaron Rodgers. Hey, oh, uh, but I agree with uh, Josh Jacobs. Like, you know, I, I think talent wise, you want to tag him. Uh, if he still wants to leave, then you can trade him to somebody and get what you can get. But if it's, you know, if it's a tag to where he's not going to sign it, then yeah, let him walk. 100%. So we got another quarterback and that is most improved. Mr. Most improved didn't write back Geno Smith. Yes, sir. And Geno, I kind of went back and forth. And ultimately, it really boils down to the fact that I, I need to see it for one more year. And I know it might cost me in the long run, but I, I'm tagging him. The exclusive tag to where no one can trade for him. I do believe in him to be you know, my starting quarterback for another year. But I got to see more before I commit, you know, a four-year contract or whatnot. So I went with the tag. Hundred percent, me too. Uh, for the exact same reason, he had a great season this year, but can he keep it up? I, I, yeah. I tagged him. Yeah, I agree. There's not much more to be said there, but uh, I mean, just even the fact that we're having this discussion is, you know, it's a testament to the year that he had because no one would have thought this would have been anything that anybody cared about, you know, heading into the year. Hundred percent and most improved. Called that because man had a dog ear. He did. Okay. And next. Yes, sir. Our last running back, and that's gonna be Tony Pollard. This one is kind of a tough decision when you take everything into account, but which way did you go? Pay him. <laughs> he top ten, eight. Seven, six, who knows, running back, and you pay him. I don't. I know you're 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 dealing with that Zeke contract. Zeke said he would take a cut to stay. I'm paying Tony Pollard. I'm I'm bag him. Bag him. Bag him. Bag him. Bag him. He's electric. I 100% agree. Like he's. I think he's proven that he can be a top 10 type of running back, especially, you know, if you give him some more volume too, then you might be getting him at a discount right now versus if you waited another year. So if you've got the money to do it, 100%, I agree. You bag Tony Pollard. Yep, 100%. Now the the biggest problem out there right now is Mr. Lamar Jackson. This, uh, did you see what he's asking for? A lot. Like oh, 250 million fully guaranteed. He, he wants uh more guaranteed than than Deshaun Watson, or right oof. right about right right there. So after seeing that, where did you where did you where did you go with this? Uh, honestly, that it did change my mind. If he's if he's hard set on those figures as far as five years, 250 million fully guaranteed, like. That is a really hard pill to swallow because he has been hurt the past couple of years because 
he hasn't, you know, gone on deep playoff runs or anything to where you even feel like you're just rewarding hard work. Not that he hasn't worked hard. Obviously he's a hell of a player, but it, it really made this really, really hard for me. Cause I don't even know if he's going to, if he would hold out and not play on the tag, but mm-hmm. uh, I feel like if you're going to make it work and you believe in Lamar Jackson, you bag him. If you have any doubts at all, then you tag him with, with the unexclusive tag and you get two first round picks from somebody. So I believe in Lamar. I, I bag him, even though that, that contract, man, five years, 250 mm-hmm. fully guaranteed. I know. Like, Oh, that's this might be the hardest quarterback decision any team has ever had to make. So, my me personally, just because I I know the Ravens aren't that good without them, I bag them. But if they have any doubts at all, I wouldn't blame them if they went with the tag and trade. Um, I have nothing to add that because I just don't want to repeat exactly what you said because that's exactly where I said. It's just so tough. I mean, it's, you know, he's such a great player, but the injury concerns are real. And he hasn't, he's not a fully polished passer like, you know, even a Jalen Hurts is, which makes you even more concerned that, like, that running style isn't, you know, long term sustainable. But five years, I, I can, I can buy that. So, yeah, I, I think, I think that's the route you got to go. Yeah. And, and even being a Steelers fan, I, I like, I really like Lamar. So, but yeah, once I seen that he wants more guaranteed than Deshaun Watson, I was like, <sighs> it was tough, tough for me. But because even the Browns made that mistake, so just that, that much mistake. guaranteed is just, <sighs> yeah, uh, yep, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I don't have much to say left about that because it's big, it's huge, something you don't see. So could shake up the league. Yeah. Imagine him playing for like the Jets. That'd be crazy. Electric. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what ultimately left me, you know, even helped me lean more is because I'm like, now if I was, you know, look at it from the other perspective, there's a handful of teams out there that would just be begging to pay Lamar that type of money, just like the Browns did with Deshaun Watson. So like you think about it like that, and these other teams want them, like, you know, you should kind of look a little inward and be like, you know, this is an attractive asset. Like, let's let's keep it, let's protect it, let's build around it. Like, they have no other path forward. I'm with you. <laughs> All right, so that kind of wraps up the you know the tag segment we really only stayed with big ticket items otherwise you know we could spend all day just you know yeah. tagging uh random players and whatnot so the, the next brown. quick huh i said orlando oh, brown tag him <laughs> yeah <laughs> so go ahead all right Sorry. all right so the next thing we got here is a quick one we got a few quick questions and this segment is called you mad bro like we're just gonna ask or we're gonna talk about a couple things that are going on and we're just gonna see like you know, what are our general thoughts on it? Does it upset us? Are we fine with it? Do we not care? And we'll start, we'll stay in the NFL side of things. And me and Drake went back and forth on this a lot already. Mm-hmm. But the NFL has moved to ban the tush push. If you're not sure what that is, when the Eagles do those QB sneaks, other teams too, but the Eagles made it famous. And you have people in the backfield, you know, pushing the tush of the quarterback, in this case, Jalen Hurts for, you know, automatic first downs, basically. The NFL is moving to ban that. And Drake, my question for you is, are you mad, bro? Uh, yeah, because I just, 
I don't see it, you know? Um, like, I don't think even you believe it because I don't think you as a as a defensive coordinator can see that and literally say that there's nothing you can draw up to stop that. There's There's just no way. Like, there's no way. It's – I don't want to get into it too much, but like I said – it's it's no different than the O lineman pushing the pile, and you said, oh well, you can put more more defensive players on the other side of the pile. Well, you can put more defensive players lining up against the center or whatever. Like you can adjust things to stop it. You can. I don't care. Just because the Eagles did it so much this year and it was so effective for them, that doesn't mean that you can come in next year and not have a solution for it. It it doesn't like. You see, like, just going to give a short example, like, and you get – you don't have film on a quarterback and they're amazing for that year. Next year they come out and there's trash. You know, you, it's just – it doesn't add up. But I'm just, like, for – as an example, like, you can't say that there's literally nothing you can do to stop that. And that is why it's, quote, being banned is because – it's unstoppable, which it's literally not. I, I don't, you can't, whatever you're going to say, you can't convince me that that is not stoppable. It's has, it doesn't really have anything to do with the defense not being in a position to stop it. So it, for me, like I said, it, it kind of lines up with offensive linemen pushing the pile for a running back. That's a guaranteed another two yards every single time period well you already know but i wholeheartedly disagree i i'm not mad if they if they ended up banning it because i do think it's unstoppable we we saw even in the super bowl like chris jones was lining up offsides to try to get a, his head you know down in that four point stance to blow up the pile or one time he jumped over the pile he literally bear hugged hurts but because he had no legs under him hurts was still able to drive forward for two three yards it's, so where was the linebacker Behind the giant O lineman. <laughs> okay, so then we should ban O line. No, that is not the same. A hundred percent. Here's the the only thing that I thought of that could possibly stop this thing is if you did what Chris Jones does, but you have someone freaking come off like a missile from the edge and then snipe Jalen Hurts' legs. But one, that's not safe, and two, like that's that's just not going to be a very sustainable model. I don't like it. I think it's. I think it's boring, one, just because you're just saying, all right, let's make a scrum. Let's play rugby for a little bit. I don't love it. I really don't. Now, the Packers stopped it twice, but did they? No, I don't think so. It, it was really more so that the Eagles fumbled twice. So it's not like it's a literally unstoppable move, but it's just a 90-something percent success rate. Like Then it's it, it turns third and ones and fourth and ones into extra points, and that's just, that's just not good for the game. I don't like it. So then QB sneaks in general should be taken out. We see QB sneaks stopped consistently, so I could I disagree with that. But just because this year defensive couldn't figure out a way to stop Jalen Hurts doing it, it should be banned. See, I'm not even a big fan of QB sneaks in general either. I'm not like to the point where I want it to be banned, but I just I don't love seeing it. I just don't. Well, then I can respect your decision on the tush push, but if you were like, oh, no, I'm all for QB sneaks, then I would not respect it. But if you're not for QB sneaks as well, then okay. 
I mean, I guess it just comes down to me not liking that sort of play. <laughs> well, then I respect it. Yeah, I guess. But we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Because, I mean, I wouldn't hate if they just left it in for another year. But then if it was another year where it remained, like, you know, just way too highly efficient, then I think the, you know, the data would be there. So we'll we'll see. I mean, if it if it stays in, fine. You know, just don't let them get to short yardage, I guess. But that's, you know, the Eagles deserve credit for, for doing that in general and, you know, being able to, you know, to take advantage of the, the strong quarterback that they have and the strong old line as well. So Troy Polamalu like would have stopped it though. So I'm saying maybe, but we it. just saw with, we just saw with Chris Jones, even if you do jump over the top and grab him, Jalen hurts is just too dang strong in the lower half of his body to where yeah. that's not going to be enough to take him down. And look, uh, it's not like I wouldn't hate the NFL for taking it out, but I would like to see, is it really a hundred percent unstoppable? You know, like I don't, I'm not there yet. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could talk about that all day and I don't really want to yeah. quite frankly, cause we got some more fun stuff to get to later, but to kind of, move forward as far as the the segment we got going here and we'll we'll leave the tush push for another day when we actually get decisions but you know obviously we're coming off of the nba all-star weekend this week which you know has become a little a little lackluster in the eyes of many and uh not just the the game itself but even the dunk contest obviously that got saved this year by a you know a cinderella story but in general, with the All-Star weekend really starting to become less competitive, I guess you could say, are you mad? Yeah, it was, I mean, no, if, iffy. Because it is just really for, like, the players to have fun with all the other stars in the league and for fans to just have fun, a fun weekend but it's got to somehow be a little more competitive. Um, there still has to be some competitive nature to it. it. I get that it's supposed to be a fun environment. It's supposed to be fun for everybody. It's supposed to be fun for, you know, legends and, like, players and kids and fans and all that stuff. But there has to be some competitive nature to it just because it's still basketball. I mean, it, they don't have to be out there. Like, you know, we've seen – Kobe Bryant go 100% try hard in in a in an all-star game and that's just cuz that's who he is but I don't think it needs to be to that extent but some defense some like I don't understand why these big star dunkers like John Morant won't do the dunk contest like risk of getting injured okay but you risk getting injured every time you step on the floor so yep. I would like to see more entertainment more competitiveness but i do understand that it's supposed to be a fun environment for everybody kind of take a little break from from everything going on but so i'm iffy there yes but i guess i can say no too the all-star game stinks all-star weekend is it's lost it and i I saw a stat that during the game out of the made baskets over 90 percent were a combination of three pointers, layups, and dunks. So obviously no one's playing defense and it's just it's just who can put up, you know, 
who can put up a, a, a crazy amount of points and whatnot. And that's, that's not really fun to watch. It's, uh, I don't like it. And it kind of goes back towards, you know, I get the injury side of things, but it's at the end of the day, you'll get, you get a more competitive game out of like a rec league basketball where, you know, those people got to go to work in the morning at, you know, whatever job that they have, whether it's physical labor or not, you know, they're willing to risk like a little, a little sprain or whatnot, but millionaires aren't. So, I mean, it's, it's really a disaster of a weekend now. Like it's supposed to be fun. And I don't even know if the players truly have fun. Like they asked Luca, like, what are you most looking forward to all-star weekend? And his answer was like, you know, the flight to Mexico after or something like that. So it's just, it's a disaster. And, and I am upset because I used to love all-star weekend as far as the dunk contest, even and the three-point contest. Now I, I hardly pay attention. I, I only tune in for bits and pieces. So yes, I'm mad. And that's really all I can say about it. What's next? Last question for you, Mad Bro, is you know Eric Bieniemy. He took a new job as the offensive coordinator and assistant head coach and play caller for the Washington Commanders, and it's because he can't get a head coaching job right now because apparently all the all the all the success and all the credit goes to Reed and Mahomes. So Bieniemy can't get a head coaching job. Drake, are you mad? Yeah great coach um i'm not mad about this move here because if we see that he can go and and do it in in washington then we'll know he deserves it because i mean you really never know maybe it is reed mahomes and kelsey you just you you don't really know as a fan what's going on there because andy reed i believe was the play caller so Am I mad he can't get a head coaching job? Yeah, he's a good coach. But no, because maybe I, I want to see him prove it with Washington. Yeah, I hear you. So I mean, he should have he should have gotten a shake by now. Like it is kind of unfair that he hasn't because the previous coordinators for the Chiefs did. You think of Nagy, you think of Doug Peterson. Now they didn't have Mahomes, so I I get it uh, a little bit. So it's it's a good it's a good idea for the enemy if he really wants to unlock that, you know, that potential, but it does stink that he has to do something like that. So yeah, I'm a little upset about it. There we go. You mad bro okay. is, is a wrap. Good, good segment there. Yeah. And now that we're done being mad, let's get to some mystery. Our next segment here is called mystery madness. So you might see uh, it's a very similar concept, but it's essentially a blind reveal. So Drake and I each have a few different comparisons to where we'll compare player A versus player B. Mine are NFL players. Drake is NBA so that we didn't have any risk of crossover and, you know, looking at each other's same stats and and ruining the fun of the game. So we each got a couple of situations and Drake, I'll give you the floor for the first comparison. First comparison I've got player A. Averaging 30 on the dot points per game on 50.8% shooting, 8.4 rebounds a game, and 7 assists a game. Player B is 31 points per game, 53% shooting, 12 rebounds, and 5.4 assists a game. Which player A or B would you prefer? Ooh, that's, that's a very tight one, but give me player B. Player B is Giannis Atetokounmpo, and player A was LeBron James. 
you tried to trip me up, you sneaky, <laughs> you sneaky, sneaky Draco. So you said it was a tough one, and LeBron was your player eight. You might want to look at that, buddy. Um, no, because you only <laughs> tracked points. Did you track defense where Giannis is the number one defender in the league, both on paper and eye test? So, no, still not that close. Top five. Eh, debatable. All right, so you did your best to trip me up there. I kind of knew that that was what you were gonna you were gonna try to do is try to get me to pick against Giannis at some point. But you know, credit you gave me a tough one. So for me, player A and player B, let's get right to it. We got wide receivers. So player A played 17 games this year, had 52 catches, 801 yards, and four touchdowns. Player B played just 14 games but had 41 catches, 691 yards, and nine touchdowns. Who are you taking, player A or player B? That's a tough one. What were the yardages again? So player A wins the yardage, 801 to 691, with three extra games played for the for player A. Okay. Um, I'm going to take player B. This is the touchdowns okay. for me that win that. Yeah, efficiency. I mean, right. Okay. Well, do you know who either of those players are by chance? No idea. So player A, the player you did not pick is George Pickens. Player B is Christian Watson. Well, touchdown machine. Touchdown machine. Touchdown machine. Probably I, the two of the top three or four rookie receivers this year. See, just off stats, like, yeah, but like. Come on, man. George Pickens is contest like contest king right now. Like, but efficiency, Christian Watson. But God, he was bad in the beginning. He was. He saved it though. I'm 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 not mad about it. So solid pick. Um <laughs> so next I've got player A, 24.7 points per game. On 63.2% shooting, averages 11.5 rebounds and 10.1 assists versus player B, who averages 33.1 points per game on 53.7% shooting, 10.2 rebounds and 4.1 assists. Hmm. So, one of the unfortunate things here is I already know the two players you're comparing. <laughs> Um, but to be, you know, to stick to the rules of the game and not cheat, I would go with player eggs. Obviously that efficiency is insane. And that's a triple double. There you go. And obviously, you know, player A is Jokic. Yep. And player B is Joel Embiid. Yep. Very tough for me too, but me knowing it, like I'm going to Embiid, but yeah. Oh, agreed. hundred percent. So. That's why this game is kind of hard. Cause you know, you're just looking at what's in the stat book, yeah. which doesn't tell the whole story. All mystery. Yep. Mystery madness. All right. So my next one, we got a battle of quarterbacks here. So player a this past year. Oh, so also disclaimer, neither started the full season, but they both started most of the season. Player a had 2,871 yards, 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 95 player B had 2,997 yards, 
14 touchdowns, 11 picks, and a quarterback rating of 84. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, um, geez, no way. <laughs> that is tough. Um, what were the QBRs? Uh, player A, 95. Player B, 85. Can you repeat these for me? Yep. So player A, yards 2,871, 18 touchdowns, 9 picks, rating 95. Player B, uh, 2,997 yards, 14 touchdowns, 11 picks, 84.8 rating. I think I'm going to go with player A. That was tough, but I'm going to go player A. Yeah, because they both stink. Player A is Andy Dalton. <laughs> Player B, any guesses? No. Mac Jones. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. I, I thought about doing like Kenny Pickett versus Zach Wilson, but I thought you might know Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's stats. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm. Pre- I would. I think I would catch up on Kenny. I think I don't know. Blind blind stats are kind of hard. So, all right. My last one I got for you. I okay. think this one's going to – gonna. I think, I hope. Um, I tried really hard to find a good one. So, player A, 30.6 points per game on 46.4% shooting. Averages 8.6 rebounds a game and 4.5 assists. Against player B, who averages 30.8 points per game on 50.8% shooting, 4.7 rebounds a game, and 5.7 assists. Hmm. Give me player B. Player B, let's go! That is Shy Gillius Alexander. Okay. And, and player who's A? A is Jason Tatum. Wow. Okay. I, I thought one of the two was JT. I didn't know which one, but I, I would have never guessed Shea as being the other one. Yeah, that's good pick. Good pick. You know how I feel about my, my boy SGA. I don't know. Why do we keep, why do we or, or you, you know, why are both of us keep kind of dissing on JT in this episode, I guess? It's, I don't know, man. Hopefully you got a tough one for me on the last one, though. This one, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not like super tough, but it's it's very close. So player A, this back to receivers for this one. Player A had 90 catches, 1,048 yards, and six touchdowns. Player B had 95 catches, 1,196 yards, and seven touchdowns. Almost identical across the board, except player B had a couple more catches, a little bit more yards, and just one more touchdown. Okay, wide receivers. Do you do you know how many games they played or no? Um, they both played all seventeen, I believe. Okay, all right. Um, give me player. 
Give me player B. I mean, yeah, you have to. Yeah. Player B won every stat by yeah. just a hair. Just Any guesses on bit. who player B is? No, I literally – it's like when I'm thinking about the stats, like players aren't popping into my head because I'm just focused on the stats. Okay, so player B was Devontae Smith. Oh, snap. And player A was DK Metcalf. Oh. Good pick. Yeah, <laughs> so you take Devontae over DK? I mean, not as a number one, but like situational what they're in right now. Yeah. Sure. Devontae Smith is is playing phenomenal next to AJ Brown. Yeah, agreed. Awesome. Well, that wraps up our first go at Mystery Madness. I'm sure uh, those were those were tough on your end for you know kind of picking each of those ones. I think the first situation between Pickens and Watson was the hardest, just because yeah. you know there was the most mixed bag there. Then I gave you a couple stinko quarterbacks. Then I gave you a couple of solid receivers, and you tried to trip me up into picking LeBron. <laughs> yeah, and I you know Jokic and Beat is a big topic these days yeah and 100%. i had to sneak in my boy shake Elias alexander man yeah i like the choices all right so now that brings us to our last topic of the day and yes we're doing another draft and this time around we're staying on the basketball side of things but we're actually going to go a little all-timey here we're going to go a draft of a starting five of the all-time ringless players Yes, sir. And I won the first pick this week. That is true. So I'm going to go ahead and go first. So all-time NBA ringless players. Current, retired, passed away. Who knows? But it was very tough for me to go first I still I still don't know where I'm going because I have two here that I have for like my number one. But I I think I gotta go with Allen Iverson. Duh. I was hoping you won it. <laughs> I it was I, I have to. The truth. We talking about okay. practice? That's fair. That's fair. So man, then then that kind of makes things tough. That's who I wanted to go. <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna have to go with like the most famous ringless player though. I'm gonna have to go with, uh, with Chuck, big Charles Barkley. Uh, that was, he was locked in at my number two. Well, I don't know why you thought he was making it to number two. <laughs> you said you were thinking between two people. Who's your other one? Or was that him? That was him. Well, that was just dumb. <laughs> Dude, Alan Iverson though, man, it's just like, yeah. He's I mean, Charles Barkley, great pick, though. Um, ah, now I don't know where I'm going here. I have no idea. I have well, no you should clue. give your pick to me, then. <laughs> okay, so Alan Iverson and Charles Barkley are back off the board. I think I can get him later. You think? It might be a little, dude. I'm stuck. It might be a little early, but I'm gonna just do it to you, and take one of your guys, and I'm no. gonna take 
Paul George. Okay. Wow. It it's it hurts because that's early. But yeah, that is very early for him. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of surprised. Um. So I'm gonna have to go. This is kind of like a a dark horse pick so early, but I'm gonna have to go with a player I always loved who. You know, ringless and never really did much in the playoffs in general, but I love this guy. Give me T-Mac. Give me Tracy McGrady. Okay. My God, this one is so hard. Give me John Stock. Uh, you You got two guards. That's fair, though. I like Stockton. That's a good pick. Um, What's this man, I'm gonna have to shore up my point guards then, and I'll, I'm gonna go with Chris Paul. CP3. Okay, so if we were drafting a lineup, I would have went differently. I was just kind of going with players, but that's okay. I'm drafting a lineup. <laughs> all right, that's fine. And I'm just gonna go with one of the like all time greats, and I'm gonna take Patrick Ewing. Nah, that's a great pick. I would kind of was hoping you would overlook him for a while. So now I'm kind of stuck. Um, and so you took Ewing. Uh, I'm going to have to go with who was previously, you know, before like Ray Allen and Curry, the best shooter of all time. I'm going to have to go with Reggie Miller. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. No. Okay. All right. So I got, I got two here. I have four left on my list that I was thinking of. Oh, I have plenty left on my list, but okay. there's there's two. I locked down the two guards. I got Patrick Ewing and Paul George. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. This is very tough. Um, it's like I want to go with like a legend, but like this. Otherwise, I I can't I can't do it. I gotta go with. I need a small forward. So give me do Carmelo. It. Yeah, nice. I like that pick a lot. And he was def he was one of my last four on my my big board i only listed like 15 guys that i was (laughs) really debating between and before i make my pick man uh, who i wanted to take was dominique wilkins because you know i wanted to go with a a little bit more legendary of a of a player as far as like you know when they played so he was like you know 80s and 90s you know seven time all nba guy i think his career points per game was like you know 25 or something like that which you know at that era was you know that's awesome but I'm gonna have to go with an MVP. I'm gonna have to go with a big man. Give me Carl Malone. I like that's a great pick. Personally, just you know, His everything. Off the court stuff. Yeah, the off the court stuff. I just didn't want him in my lineup. Um, like, so we got our draft down right. But there's some players like Steve Nash that didn't get drafted. Nope. 
Vince Carter didn't get drafted. That's a tough one. Him and Carmelo is what I was kind of, is the two I was debating. Cause like, I think you made the right choice. I I do too. And and James Harden get didn't get drafted either. I had him on my didn't list. Didn't think about him. <laughs> I had him on my list. I mean, when you just look at at stats, he can't play with the rest of my team though. <laughs> I agree. I mean, the Paul George is a little early for me, but I don't think I would have. I think the only one I would have taken over him might have been Reggie Miller, but I don't know, man. Man, I like my Reggie Miller pick. I like yeah, my that's squad. A, that's a good pick. My one through five goes Chris Paul, Reggie Miller, T-Mac, Barkley, and Malone. Like, that's, you know, three or, no, I guess only two of those guys won MVPs. But T-Mac was in the conversation. Reggie Miller was a legendary player. And Chris Paul, we all know he's one of the greats for point guards. I mean, what's your squad looking like as far as when you lay it out one through five? I've got John Stockton. Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and Patrick Ewing. I like your squad, too. I think you went a little bit more modern than I did. Not by a lot. I mean, yeah, like I said, Carmelo's a good pick. It's just, for me, I I didn't put him in my lineup. So, I think we both have good squads, to be honest. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be close. Man, these guys might get their first ever ring, whoever wins. <laughs> We're out here handing out championship rings to the ringless man. That's like that's charity work. Rings. Just their dad joke. <laughs> Go right, back at well, it again with the dad jokes. Man, how many this week this week? Two, three? That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. That wraps up episode number 10. Big uh, big episode. The big 1-0. And I just want to know that I am here after surgery. So, Yep. Drake li- Drake, literally with a bad back. You know, like, <laughs> uh, uh, putting the team on his back and, and helping make this all po- possible. Drake is our, our great producer. Really appreciate a lot everything he does for this show. And couldn't do it without you, Drake. And then we've we put something pretty special together here. Excited for the next ten episodes, and then episode one hundred, and everywhere after that. Wow, way to butter me up, Joe. Way to butter me up. Well, if you liked episode ten, episode nine, episode eight, if you're ready for episode eleven, um, make sure you follow our Instagram at Mad Talk Sports. Make sure you give the Spotify a subscribe. You know, tune in. We post every week. Joe and I are here every single week, and Little little spoiler, I think we're going to be trying to, to translate into a video podcast. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. We'll get the draft out again. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Listen to us next week. You can book it. <laughs>